0: I know your family is important to you, and you'd protect them at all costs. Do you know it might not cost as much as you think? Term life insurance will help protect your family from the potential burden of loans. EverQuote is here to make things easy for you to protect your family. Call 866-335-2648 to speak with an agent Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., so you can better understand your needs and so they can help you find an affordable solution. That's 866-335-2648 to speak to EverQuote today.
1: Download and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasting from the j Twin Studios. This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown, an in-depth look at a Red season, player, or game. Now, here's your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to the Red Fans Cheddar Podcast Breakdown. I'm Scott Evans. He's Nick Lawson. What's going on, man?
0: Hey, it's February. Two weeks till my birthday.
1: Uh, happy early birthday.
0: <laughs> oh, thank
1: you. Uh, I think it's also two weeks till so spring training.
0: That's right.
1: So we'll have uh, before things get started, because uh, that's part of the news we'll go over. Before we get into the breakdown this week, we are going to take a look at at the career of the one, the only, probably one of the greatest Reds of my lifetime, uh, Johnny Bench. But uh, we got some, uh, I mean, there's so much that's been going on this past week. Nothing major yet. Uh, but there were moves in the NL Central. There were some moves by the Reds. So uh, the one week we decide, you know, we're not going to talk hot stove. We're going to talk about that former player because nothing's going on. Um uh, the Reds do a ton of stuff or baseball does a ton of stuff. Uh, so we're going to kind of do both this week. And uh, next week we'll take a spring training preview and hopefully the Reds have a short stop by them because they really haven't done that yet. Uh, I guess we start with the big news uh, with the uh, Cardinals acquiring uh, our, our, Don, I can't pronounce his name now. I'll let you say it. <laughs> You're talking about Nolan Arenado? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, they basically stole him basically stole him Uh, Reds uh, missed out on Didi, they missed out on uh, all the other top uh, free agent shortstops so if they're going to add a shortstop it's either going to be from within or through a trade, they did acquire a Rule 5 uh, shortstop from the Phillies, Kyle Holder Uh, I doubt he uh, sees a lot of playing time uh, if he does, uh, then hopefully everybody else in the lineup is hitting.
0: Well, if you can't you can't acquire Didi, then you might as well go after his ba- his, his backup. I guess you know <laughs> that's basically what this kid was going to be, but he hasn't played past double A. Yeah, he's it, another Jose Garcia right now.
1: It could be. I mean, it, it, he's a, he's older than Jose Garcia. Sometimes the Rule Five guys were just kind of blocked in their organization. Uh, there's been some occasional really good players that come out of a rule five. I'm not sure this is the guy, but, uh, we'll see how it works out. Uh, of course, you know, the most famous rule five guy, uh, that worked out for the Reds for one season was Josh Hamilton.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he he had a pretty decent career, I'd say.
1: Yeah. And and until, until the demons got back up with him, but, uh, other, other news, uh, with the Reds, uh, the Reds have uh, agreed to a deal. It's not official yet uh, with a a relief pitcher, which kind of surprised me. Yeah. Everybody's focusing on shortstops and the Reds go out and get uh, Sean Doolittle.
0: Well, Doolittle was a closer with Oakland and uh, Washington there for a little while. He had a very bad 2020 though. I think he had some injuries.
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, It's a pretty good deal though. One and a half million dollars. Uh, plus performance bonuses, so I mean it's it's a low risk uh, for the money. I mean one and a half million dollars um, can't be too can't can't be too uh, upset about that.
0: No, and you get a you get another lefty in the bullpen along with Amir Garrett, which the Reds needed badly, and, and they kind of you know knock in two birds of one stone. You got a guy can close, you got a guy that pitches left handed.
1: Right, I mean his uh, career whip is uh 0.97 last year, not good at all. But, uh, overall you, you gotta like the numbers, 395 innings pitched 463 strikeouts. He has 111 sk- career saves in uh, 401 games uh, last year. Oh, and two and 11 games of five, eight, seven ERA. So like you said, not good last year, but, uh, hopefully he's healthy. I can get back into, uh, into the, uh, Former position he was in, and uh, hopefully Derek Johnson and Kyle Bode and the uh, Reds pitching staff can uh, get him back to where he needs to be.
0: Yeah, I think he he's got he's in good hands with Derek Johnson um, to try to get him his form correct and get him where he's not going to hurt himself again. So uh, if he can have a full season, he's going to be a big, you know, a big, big uh, off season kind of on the sleeper kind of things, you know, because nobody's really talking about it. He signed for a little bit of money. It's a one-year contract, but the guy could really be a big deal.
1: Right. So, yeah, I mean, I know some people, Reds fans were complaining like, oh, it's another retread, but this is not the same as getting Jason Marquis or uh, Kevin Gregg or some of the guys during the rebuild years. Uh, This is a legitimate guy. Uh, This kind of goes back to, I mean, a lot of teams, uh, they'll try and get the guy that, I wouldn't call Doolittle a a retread. Uh, This could be a good comeback year. I mean, Sonny Gray was a comeback year, but, uh, and Reds fans, uh, I know they were kind of down on that deal uh, when they made that with the Yankees. They're like, if he can't pitch in the Yankee stadium, what's he going to do in a great American ballpark?
0: Well, Doolittle has a pretty good track record, so I wouldn't be, I'm not too concerned about him. I think he'll do fine.
1: Right. So uh, other news, uh, baseball tried to, the owners, they don't want to pay the players. Uh, The players don't want to take any pay cut no matter what. Uh, The owners uh, were talking about uh, delaying the season for a month to try to uh, get the COVID numbers down just a little bit more across the country. Who knows what that's going to be like, though, because every time we go down, then we go back up. Uh, hopefully, like my stocks, I bought uh, <laughs> with all that trading. But anyway, um, the players' union basically said no. Uh, the the uh, Major League Baseball tried to go with a 154 game season with a bunch of doubleheaders, which I think was the sticking point. Uh, they dangled the carrot of the DH in both leagues, but baseball wants expanded playoffs. The players don't because they don't get paid any extra for the postseason.
0: Yeah, I, I think they, the the players want to play a full season, period. They don't want to have a shortened season. They, they and they
1: don't to- and they don't want longer uh, playoffs either because no. they feel they should be compensated for it.
0: Right. I mean, they don't want to play into November. I mean, nobody wants to
1: play. Until well, November. I, I, the other thing, I mean, I guess spring training and postseason, except for uh, incentive bonuses, uh, are pretty much free for the players. Yeah.
0: I think they're happy the way it is, but you know, you never know what's going to happen at the end of the season.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, um, hopefully it works out. Uh, spring training going to have fans, uh, regular season going to have fans, uh, as far as the reds go, uh, they have not announced how many or, uh, or who, or who (laughs) for that matter.
0: Yeah. gonna have fans in spring training.
1: Oh, no, that's been announced. It's official. They're going to have fans. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Uh, I think that covers about all the news.
0: Yep. Johnny's next.
1: Johnny's next. (laughs) Johnny Bench uh, was, of course, uh, Hall of Fame, Reds Hall of Fame, the best catcher of all time in baseball, in my opinion. Uh, Played for the Reds uh, his entire career, 1967 through 1983, mainly a catcher. Uh, in the 80s, he did start move over to third base because his knees were just killing him.
0: His glove was killing him after he played third base.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty bad. Uh, but, uh, you know, catcher, 14 time All Star, two time National League MVP, uh, defensively, 10 time Glo- Gold Glove Award winner. That's and amazing. Absolutely. Uh, One of the best accurate throwing arms. He caught a hundred or more games for 13 consecutive seasons, uh, 1986, uh, inducted into the Reds Hall of Fame. I think one of the first into the Reds Hall of Fame. I could be wrong about that. And was inducted into the, uh, baseball Hall of Fame in 1989. I know he was the first Red uh, to have his number retired.
0: Yeah, I could yeah.
1: be wrong about that too. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I'm pretty sure he was the first one to to have his number retired. So, uh, looking well, back,
0: I don't know. I think Hutch had his one. His number that, one. That's
1: what I'm saying. It was either Hutch or uh, or um, or Bench as the you know. first.
0: I think was, I Think yeah. yeah. I think Bench might have been the second, but I'm not. I'm not certain.
1: So a- anyway, of course, uh, as you mentioned, born in Oklahoma. Uh, he was, this, this is something I did not know. Uh, the research shows that he is one eighth, uh, Choctaw Indian.
0: I did not know that.
1: And, uh, played baseball and basketball, uh, which I, it's hard to imagine him as a basketball player, but, uh, you know, back in high school, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cl- was class valedictorian. I can believe that. Uh, his father told him that the fastest route to becoming a major leaguer was a catcher. So at 17 years old bench, uh, was selected 36th overall by the reds in the uh, second round of the 1965 draft and, uh, went on to play for Buffalo Bisons in the minor leagues, uh, in the 66 and 67 season.
0: They believe his second round. I mean, wow.
1: Right. right. Well, you know, uh. The, uh, it was kind of crazy. The, uh, hall of fame ceremony. I went to King Griffey junior, of course, was picked first overall. And Mike Piazza, I think was picked in like the lower rounds.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, he was down. He was pretty low and you look at him now.
1: Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) So you can't always tell by the draft, uh, the draft's gotten better as scouting and analytics have caught up, but, uh, especially back then the draft was not as, uh, influential as it is today
0: well yeah even danny Ainge played in ba- played baseball i mean <laughs> and he turned out to be a, big, a great basketball player
1: right now uh, something happened in the minor leagues in 1967 uh bench hit a grand slam against uh, jim palmer who uh, would go on and never allow a grand slam in 19 years in the majors
0: that's incredible
1: uh, then he got called up, uh, Bench dead in 1967. Only hit 163 uh, that year, but uh, impressed uh, people with his defense and arm, uh, including uh, Hall of Famer Ted Williams.
0: When you impress Ted Williams, you've done something
1: right. And Ted Williams signed a ball for him and predicted that uh, Bench would become a Hall of Famer uh, for sure.
0: Ted never told a lie.
1: <laughs> uh in a 1968 spring training game, uh Bench was catching uh right-hander Jim Maloney. Uh Maloney uh, was once a hard thrower, but uh of course injuries uh kind of reduced his fastball. Uh anyway, uh he kept shaking off Bench uh by throwing uh fastballs instead of breaking balls that Bench had called for. Uh when Bench uh basically uh, told Maloney your fastball is not popping. Uh, Maloney, not happy, cussed him out. And, uh, at that point, Bench, uh, went to prove that it was no longer effective. He called for a fastball. And after Maloney released the ball, Bench dropped the catcher's mitt and caught the fastball, uh, barehanded.
0: See, that's what you call legendary.
1: That's as a rookie.
0: Oh, that's still, I mean, he he was so. In his mind, he knew already as a rookie how good he was going to be and that he could spot a veteran like uh, Jim Maloney and just call him out on it and say your fastball is not very good.
1: And, 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 of course, he did get respect to Maloney because uh, the following year is when Maloney pitched a no-hitter against the uh, Houston Astros.
0: And Maloney likes to talk about that story a lot.
1: <laughs> he tells a story all In uh, 1968, uh, Bench's first full season, 20 years old. That's cool. I mean, uh, you, cool. You, everybody talks about Jose Garcia only being 22. It's not necessarily about age.
0: Well, it talks about Juan Soto. He was 21 when he debuted.
1: Right. So uh, he won the rookie of the year, batting 275, 15 home runs and 82 RBIs. Uh marked the first time that the award had been uh, won by a catcher. Also That's won awesome. the uh, Gold Glove Award that year, and the first time the award had been won, uh, won by a rookie.
0: It's Johnny, Johnny. He's the, the pave the way, man.
1: Absolutely. In the 1960s, uh, to finish up the year uh, or the decade, Bench also served in the United States Army Reserve, as a member of the uh, 478th Engineer Battalion, which was based across uh, the Ohio River in Fort Thomas, uh, which is now no longer there, but uh, is a cool little park uh, where the fort used to be.
0: Yeah, I've been, been by there a few
1: times. Yeah, Pete Rose served with him there as well, and in 70 and 71, in the offseason, uh, he was part of uh, Bob Hope's USO tour for uh, Vietnam.
0: You knew you arrived when you were part of Bob Hope's tours.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In the 70s, of course, this is when everything just kind of blew up for Bench and the Reds. Uh, In 1970, Bench had uh, his uh, best statistical season. Uh, That year in 1970, he uh, had 45 home runs, uh, 148 RBIs. Batted 293 with a 345 on base percentage. Uh led the league in home runs and RBIs. I mean 45 home runs back then, especially with uh starting the season off uh, in uh Crosley. That, that's pretty amazing. Well,
0: people gotta realize back then nationally catchers didn't hit that many home runs. They oh, weren't no. like that. He he was he was on he was in a in a league of his own when it came down
1: to offense. Yeah. Won the MVP that year, also a gold glove. And of course made the uh, all-star game.
0: He was, I mean, the things that Johnny did, even in the all-star game were just at that time, groundbreaking.
1: And the reds that year won the uh, NL West, uh, swept the Pittsburgh pirates in the NLCS and lost to the uh, Baltimore Orioles in five games in the world series.
0: That Oriole team was massively stacked. Especially because they had Frank Robinson, they had Brooks Robinson, they had Jim they, they, they had Paul. They had, they had everything. everything was going for them
1: in that series. Right. So uh in another in 71, not as of a strong of a year for uh bench, uh 149 games, uh only hit 238. 299 on base percentage, uh, 27 home runs, and only 61 RBI. So e- even the great Johnny Bench in his younger years ha- had an off season or two.
0: Yeah, I mean those numbers are are, are pretty good today, but as for him in the 70s, for, for uh, it was a decade of hitters, and for him, yeah, that was an off that was an off year.
1: But in uh, 1972, he bounced back, hitting uh, 270. 379 on base percentage, 40 home runs leading the league again, 125 uh, RBIs. In 71, he did get a gold glove, but in 72, MVP, once again, a gold glove and an all-star appearance uh, as the Reds uh, that season. uh, Won the West, won the NL pennant, uh, but lost uh, to the A's in the World Series.
0: Again, another another stacked American League team. Dick Williams is our manager,
1: right? Not not the uh, <laughs> not not the former Reds uh, president of baseball operations.
0: Yeah, yeah, different guy.
1: <laughs> now, this is something I did not know. After the seventy two season, Bench had a growth removed from his lung.
0: Yeah, I I read. I actually saw that they did a Johnny Bench special on uh, MLB Network, and he was talking about that.
1: Yeah. After, after that was, uh, after that happened, uh, he never hit 40 home runs again in a season 73. He hit, uh, 25 home runs, 104 RBIs and, uh, helped the Reds rally from a 10 and a half game deficit to the Dodgers in early July, uh, to win the NL, uh, West division crown. But, um, uh,
0: yeah. They won 60 games a second half.
1: I know it's kind of crazy
0: games. Wow. They're on a mission. And back then, yes, kids, the reds were in the West.
1: Yep. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the reds, uh, ran into a very, uh, good Mets team with, especially with pitching. They had, uh, Tom Seaver, Jerry Kuzman, John Madlock, uh, yeah. Their record in the regular season was not that great. The, the Mets' record that year was only 82 and 79. Um, and we went on to play the A's again in the 72 or, yeah, 73 World Series.
0: But the A's won.
1: Yeah, but 74 bench came back with another good year. Uh, 129 RBIs. Uh, he uh led the league that year with that. Only 33 home, only 33 home runs. Only uh hit 280, 363 uh, on base, uh fourth in MVP voting, uh, another gold glove, and another all-star appearance. He
0: kind of expected it after a couple of years. <laughs> it's like Bench should make the all-star team, or something wrong.
1: Right. And uh In 75, of course, uh, Reds finally broke through the postseason. Uh, Bench scored, or Bench uh, contributed big in 75 as well. Uh, 28 home runs, 110 RBI. uh, 283 batting average, 359 on base percentage. uh, Another fourth place MVP. uh, Got the gold glove again and another all-star appearance.
0: Yeah, it was expected every time. Yeah, I,
1: I I think at this point uh bench pretty much was an automatic all-star vote.
0: Yeah, yeah, like I said if you didn't, didn't get in there was something wrong.
1: Right, in the 76 uh bench had another all-star year. Uh only 16 home runs, only 74 RBI, but and a little bit lower batting average 234 uh, 348 on base percentage, uh, played 135 games, uh, an all star and gold glove winner that year as well. Uh, of course, the Reds that year is probably one of their best seasons ever.
0: Oh, man, those are the times, those are really good times to be, to be a Reds fan.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that year with Bench's number, he did all this with like bad shoulders.
0: Yeah, he was hurting. He was, he was hurting his shoulders. He had the bad knees. He had everything he kept, but he kept going.
1: He, he never did. quit. And, and they ended up hitting five thirty-three with or two home runs in the world series. Man, <laughs>
0: what, what, Just what a player. What, he was just all, all around. What a player.
1: And then, um, in 77, right before, uh, the, one of the first teardowns in reds history, uh, Bench uh, hit 31 home runs, was healthy again, uh, 109 RBIs, 275 with a 348 on base percentage. uh, Got the gold glove again, 21st in MVP voting, and of course, another all-star appearance.
0: Let let it be noted that Johnny only struck out 100 times twice in his career. Just a little side note.
1: That, That is true. Hundred and two and a hundred and eight uh, times was the most. He only struck out uh, twelve hundred and seventy eight times, and some of those some guys today will do that in four seasons.
0: Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably
1: exaggerating a little bit, but not much.
0: I look how many times Reggie Jackson struck out. I mean, good lord.
1: Yeah. So uh, also in '78. Uh, another kind of he's starting to go into the downturn of his career. Uh 260, 340 that year, 23 home runs, 73 RBIs, uh all-star appearance, but no gold glove. In fact, 77 was his last gold glove. How many games did he play that year? 120.
0: Hmm. He's probably starting to feel a little as a catcher. you, you, you feel the pain as a catcher. right. So maybe he's diminishing a little bit.
1: Yeah. And then uh, he got to the postseason of course one more time in 1979, 1979. Uh, that year pirate,
0: he uh, that pirate team that pirate team was incredible.
1: So. Yeah that year he uh, was hitting two seventy six three sixty four on base percentage, uh, sixty seven walks that year. Uh, only 73 strikeouts, uh, 80 RBI, and 22 home runs. Uh, still pretty good production. Uh, made the All Star team and uh, 23rd in MVP voting that year, but no Gold Glove.
0: Well, thing about Johnny is his power numbers were diminishing, but he was still running. He was still driving run, runners in. He was
1: right. still getting the
0: RBIs, and all of the RBIs never diminished.
1: And that was his uh, last year in the postseason. Here, here's his postseason numbers. Uh, not too bad. Uh, two sixty six, three thirty five, and a five twenty seven slugging with uh twenty RBIs and ten home runs.
0: I I take that as a postseason player.
1: And uh, in the World Series, he was a two seventy nine hitter with a three forty on base percentage, uh, five home runs, fourteen RBIs in uh, twenty three games.
0: And against the Yankees in seventy six, he ate them up.
1: Oh yeah, that's the one where he went. He had five thirty-three with uh, six yeah. RBIs, two home runs. Uh, he he was just killing him.
0: Yeah, every time he came up there, he was in the ball hard, and obviously they couldn't stop him.
1: And he got the uh, MVP of the World Series that year.
0: And that was the, that was uh, the sweep of the Yankees. They swept the Phillies as well. In that, I mean, they were on fire.
1: And then the last three seasons of his career, uh, he moved to third base. Uh, one of my earliest memories as a Reds fan, I, I think part of it is because I have a pretty good memory. The other part is there's pictures of, of uh, me being down in Bradenton uh, watching the Reds spring training and uh, seeing Johnny Bench starting to play third base.
0: Wasn't a pretty sight.
1: Uh, only caught 13 games in the 80s. Yeah, I think
0: mean, they tried him in left field, which was a mistake um third base was i mean this is when you at that time i wish he had a dh in the national league
1: oh he probably would have played a, a few more years if there was a dh
0: well i'm sure he would at least played the 85 if he, had, if he had a dh
1: yeah and uh in the 80s uh he in 1980 uh was made the all-star team uh 17th in mvp voting uh only hit 250 that year uh but uh of course, the Reds, that was 80 was the year of the uh, strike where uh, the Reds played like a uh, split season.
0: Yeah, they had two halves.
1: And they won both halves, but, or no, no, they had the best record in baseball, but came in second place both halves, which is just weird.
0: Yeah, best record in baseball did make the playoffs. I mean, that that's whatever, whatever type of playoffs. That, they
1: that seems like something Manford would do. <laughs> He's but <that> dumb, yeah. <laughs> in the 80s, so uh like like we talked about if he if there was a DH in the NL back then, he probably would have played a couple more seasons. Uh in the 80s total between 1980 and 1983, a uh 262 batting average, 326 on base percentage, down from from his career, but uh, uh still very uh very serviceable. Had 57 home runs, a uh, 100 and 85 RBIs, uh started to strike out a little bit more, but still not much. Uh you, you can't ask for uh you can't ask for better player. His career numbers uh still uh, some of the best in Reds history. 389 home runs, uh 1,376 RBIs, a career batting average of 267, on base percentage of 342. Uh definitely the best uh catcher I've ever seen. And, uh, of course he did so much more than just baseball. We've talked about the baseball side, but, uh, I, I, don't remember, but the clip's been around a lot of Johnny bench singing, uh, when you're hot, you're hot, hot, hee-haw. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was a national personality. I mean, he was, he was great for baseball. Uh, he, he was out there. He's like some of the other personalities you see today in other sports, but not so much baseball. And of course, of course, the thing that I remember the most, he was the host of the baseball bunch.
0: See, I was about to say that and you just took it out of my mouth. Yes. The baseball <laughs> bunch, man. I love the baseball bunch when I
1: was a kid. And bench loved the baseball bunch as well it was, it was easy, somewhat easy to produce. He was able to, uh, able to, uh, record a bunch of episodes, uh, in the off season, have them play back during the season, during the summer. Uh, was of course had a lot of fun with that. Pete Rose was on there a lot in his Phillies, uh, uniform. Still weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the wizard of Oz was there. Tommy Lasorda was on the, on the show a lot. It, it was a lot of fun. I wish baseball would, uh, come up with a similar show because, uh, it, it's something that was great for the kids. I mean, it, it's kind of hokey now watching it, but I, they did an, a modern day version of that, uh, I, I think it would do baseball a lot of good. It'd probably be fun for the players, uh, and, and, uh, get uh, baseball out in the media. I mean, Trevor Bauer does something on his own kind of like that, but the audience is for a much older demo, uh, not the, his demos, the 18 to 34 year old, uh, guys, uh, there, there's really nothing out there right now, uh, for kids, you know, seven to 13, and that's what the baseball bunch was. It brought the uh, brought the love of baseball, how to play the game, uh, the rules in a fun way. And uh, it, it would be nice for uh, for them to bring that back, and maybe even the MLB Network to show old uh, episodes.
0: I know when I when I was growing up, there was if you might remember Mel Allen and this week in baseball, which was my Saturday mornings because they would show it on I guess CBS or whatever. And Johnny would be on air quite a lot as well, just talking. He would talk baseball, but I mean, he would talk baseball as him talking to children like the baseball bunch. And it was a segment that wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of them, but he, he did right. that. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever as a kid.
1: Right. So, uh, Bench, uh, one of my favorite players, uh, I have a picture of him, uh, from when I was in a, when I was like 10 and then I have one with him a few years ago, uh, when the reds had, I believe King Griffey jr. Was being inducted into the reds hall of fame. He was there, ran into him, uh, outside the his statue got, it was a pretty cool picture. I'm like, what are all those people doing there? I'm like, Oh, that looks like Johnny bench. That is Johnny bench. <laughs> he was just taking pictures as many people as he could. And, uh, and, uh, so it was a lot of fun talking to him, then meeting him, a great guy and, uh, definitely a hall of famer, uh, both on and off the field.
0: Well, I so no, around here. Four names come to mind. When you think of Cincinnati is Pete Rose, Johnny bench, Joe Knoxall, and Joe Morgan. Those four names are always synonymous with this town. And in time Johnny comes to town, he's got a crowd around him, wanting autographs, pictures. It's it's incredible.
1: Absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to take a spring training preview, and hopefully the Reds have a shortstop. <sighs> Please
0: do. We want to talk about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, go Reds. Go
0: Reds.